Welcome back to Book Circle Online. Today we are talking about the Breast Life Guide to the Bra Zone with Miss Elizabeth Dale. Stay right here. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey guys, welcome back to Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and today I have with me Elizabeth Dale, and we are talking all about her brand new book, The Breast Life Guide to the Bra Zone, How to Find Your Ideal Size, Style, and Support. We are talking about boobs, we are talking about breasts, we're going to say those words. If you're uncomfortable with it, you might want to stop now, because there's going to be a lot of talk about it. Um... We, I'm so excited to have Elizabeth with us today. She is an internationally renowned breast expert, that's a real thing, guys, and author. She's been featured on Good Morning America, Huff Post, New York Times, Tyra Banks Show, Glamour, Cosmo, you name it. She's talked about it. Uh, she's also the founder of the website TheBreastLife.com, and she had her first book out, which was her memoirs. <laughs> Not her memoirs, her memoirs. It's right. We're talking about the ladies, boobs, a guide to your girls. But today we are talking all about a bra zone. Elizabeth, let us know where we can find you on social media if people want to find out more during or after the interview. Yeah, well, I'm at The Breast Life on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and Pinterest. <laughs> and, I'm everywhere. And, and. <laughs> Lots of photos with bras, you know. Well, there you go. Now yeah. that expands your marketplace a little bit and yeah. gets you some likes on Instagram. Yeah. And, of course, you guys can find me at Rockin' Mama Life on all social media platforms. And make sure you go to YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, find Book Circle online, rate, comment, subscribe, let us know your thoughts. But for now, let's talk about some bras. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. So before we get into this amazing handy little book that every woman and some men should have mm-hmm. at their disposal when they're bra shopping, uh, what led you to being a breast expert? Uh, my own boobs. Well, you, yeah. Well, there you go. I yeah. guess we're all breast experts. Yeah. We well, we are. <laughs> Mine have changed so much over the course of my life, and they sort of went up and down. I mean, they used to walk in the room before I arrived in high school. Okay. Yeah. And then pregnancy, three pregnancies, up and down the alphabet cup, right? Mm-hmm. And finally, when I was almost fifty years old, I started running and I lost a bunch of weight and I decided to go in and have a breast lift which is a plastic surgery but it's not with implants they just take all of like the extra skin around put them up there they just I wanted them like up above my elbows that's all (laughs) I really wanted from this but um, they did this and at the same time that right after I'd gone through the surgery I was taking a creative writing class and again um, I'd they said, write something you're passionate about. So I wrote about how my boobs had changed my entire life and how I just was so surprised at those changes. Like, yeah. you know, they start off and, and now, you know, they change like, you know, once a month when you're yeah. going through puberty and then beyond and then they change through pregnancy. And then now I found out they change after menopause. Oh, good news. It, yeah. <laughs> 20% of all women get bigger boobs after Ooh, they go all, through. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't think my mom is. Yeah, well, if you didn't like your side. Well, (laughs) hereditary is on my side. (laughs) It doesn't matter. You could have your great grandmother's boobs, but. This is true. You know, if you didn't like your boobs at 12, you might like them better at 50. (laughs) Well, there's hope for us all. (laughs) Yeah. 
So that's what read, led me originally to you know talk about boobs and research it. And I found out that women had all of these questions. And yes. they had questions about bras. They had questions about breastfeeding. They had questions about breast cancer, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into the boob business. And mm-hmm. the reason I wrote this book is because I have noticed that from my readers and what I've been doing the last 10 years, uh, that, you know, women and men are really unaware of how far the bra industry has come and how different things are. So we really need to sort of like reboot our attitude towards the bra. This is a modern, you know, highly functional, well-designed, fashionable piece mm-hmm. um, that we wear all the time, but we treat it like there's only two sizes, you yeah. know, like either like they're either too big or too small. That's it. Yeah. But in reality, there's a ton of sizes out there and we should be wearing our bras the way, you know, we wear our shoes, matching them to our outfit because mm-hmm. there's different styles. So that's what really led me to write this particular book is to try to get everybody like on board with the way the modern bra is sold, sized and marketed out there. I love it. I actually, I really, you know, use that analogy in the book with the shoes and I really love that because I am guilty of being like the, I have like a bra and I like the way it fits. So I have it in like three colors and that's like what I wear. And then I like my sports bras and like my, you know, bandos or whatever. But the shoe analogy is really great because it's like you, you know, I love my flip flops, but I'm not going to wear them with my evening dress nope. and I'm not going to wear them in the office and I'm not going to wear them when I'm running. You know, you mm-hmm. have different footwear for different things and your undergarments should be the same. And it was a really, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I should diversify my... Well, and also <laughs> you have these different styles. You have like plunge bras. So mm-hmm. if you're wearing a deep V-neck, you want to wear a plunge bra. You have a demi cup, which is different. That's going to like, you, you when you're wearing like a different kind of, you know, bra top so or, or outfit, I think it's really important to think about matching it to your outfit and what kind of clothes you like to wear. I mean, we all have our own personal style, too. Yeah. So that's great. This is true. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you you know, you talked about briefly about how much the bra industry had changed and how that sort of inspired this book. And you talk in the intro about your first shopping experience where, you know, you were a young girl, you go with your mom and you had breasts. Yeah. And there were like... And they weren't like my mom's breasts. Geriatric options <laughs> yeah. for you. And you were like, really? Like, that's the only option if you have a fuller bust. Yeah. And now it's sort of gone 180 and there's so many options that it can be overwhelming. very overwhelming and daunting mm-hmm. for women. Um, what do you think made that change or how has that change occurred? Uh, part of it has been basically, uh, you know, the internet. Uh, let's face it. I mean, mm-hmm. you've had the, the ability now to shop from all over the world. And there are certain right. countries that have certain sizes of bras that you can get. People think that, you know, it's A to D cups and right. and it's not. It's triple A to double K and beyond all over the world. And so that really opened up people's eyes. And I also think what's really happened, too, is that breasts have changed and the bra industry has responded to that. Like, for some reason, younger women seem to have what's called deeper cups. So they're smaller Mm -hmm. around the band and um, they have a deeper cup like a 32F or a G. And that isn't you know, something that's unusual for bra fitters to see. So all of a sudden you've got new bra brands coming out that are catering to that because they're going for the younger market. Right. Um, And obviously, you know, the the mall store, most mall stores aren't going to be carrying every single bra out there because there's hundreds of sizes. 
Yeah. Which I didn't I didn't know until I was breastfeeding that they came above a D. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, because I've always I have the opposite problem of you. Usually there's no need for a bra. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I was, you know, my first pregnancy with my son, I was like, Whoa, what's this? How do I what do I do with these? And then breastfeeding, they're you know, they're huge and heavy and you're like, ah and I had to sort of navigate my way through so I would have really loved this book like three years ago when I was for the first time as an adult being like oh how do I shop for a bra when you actually need one to do things for you (laughs) and then after pregnancy too then you Uh, want a different style of bra after that (laughs) right you need a completely different style of bra so that's another issue too so it's like you know the puberty you have a certain kind of bra and Mm -hmm. then you know before you start having kids after you have kids so it always is changing yeah um so, okay, this also, I'm just going to back it up a little bit, because you talked about, you know, you had taken a writing course, and you wrote about something you're passionate about, which is all these changes that you've been going through physically with your breasts, and you're like, this is craziness. So you did not write your first book until you were in your 50s, am yes, I correct? right, right. I was, my first book was published when I was 50. Yeah. Exactly, Yeah. What a way to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> what did you do prior to starting writing? Uh, well, I was at home raising three kids. Actually, I wasn't in the house. I was in the car all the time. Well, Let's know, face right? it. There's never You're never at home. Stay at home mom. <laughs> but um, I did a lot of nonprofit work oh, and nice. um, raised a lot of money for the arts for what my kids did. And so, I, you know, I, my switch was so I was raising a lot of money for charity and now I was getting women to be more charitable to their own breasts the interesting thing was that I was sort of obsessed with my own breasts my own life like I didn't fit in that they weren't the right size everybody was burning their bra and I had to wear one Mm -hmm. like that's that was like my high school and college it was really a bummer because like I did not fit in there's no way I could go braless (laughs) I'd be like it's like this you know running around really painful (laughs) crazy like my hands would be my bra but um, so I always felt sort of out of place with it. But then in writing about um, breasts and talking to other women and to men about breasts, then I realized, wow, you know, we all have our this own relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I went from being obsessed with my own to being obsessed with everybody else's. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, you know. What, what do they call that? Projection? Exactly. Totally happy. But now I'm like, totally okay, happy. you know, 10 years after my breast lift, my boobs changed again. And they will change after any surgery, plastic surgery, whether you get a reduction, you know, nothing stays the same no matter what. But even after that, now I'm more comfortable with sort of this aging body and my different breasts. I'm like, uh, that's okay. They changed again. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I know what bras to wear. Which is, you know. Hello. Because, I mean, you don't so see important. very many older women in law. It's like, I've aged out of my bra. No, that's not cool. Well, yeah. So that's that's something that, you know, you, you talk about a little bit, which is sort of this ageism in the lingerie industry. And what do you mean when you say, like, I've aged out of my bra? Because to me, I'm like, well, if I feel good in it, and I, it does its job, yeah. I don't care what age appropriate is it's mine it's under my clothing you don't have to see it like what um what do you mean when you say like age well, out well you to me it's it's sort of like when you see all the advertising all you see are really really young women yeah. um and you see people saying oh my gosh you know back fat back fat and i'm going uh hello it's called skin yeah and you know you all of a sudden you realize there's all these things about your body that don't work with the bras that they're showing on the really 
you know, tight mm-hmm. little bodies. The narrative doesn't apply to you no, anymore. No, it doesn't. And you don't see yourself in any advertising. So you have yeah. to sort of like, and, but the. Uh, the, the alternative inter- is like. Oh, no, the alternative is scary. But then you realize, <laughs> well, guess what? I have more disposable income yeah. and I have more time and I'm okay because, you know, I might be dead in five years. So I'm going to buy really nice underwear yeah. now for myself. So you're doing it for different reasons mm-hmm. and you really want to wear something rocking underneath your clothes now. Yeah. Um, but you don't really have like, you know, the people running to help you when you walk into the lingerie store either. So that's interesting. And that was a real shift for me just yeah. for like five years ago. I mean, I'm 60 now. Yeah. So for me, it oh, was a real thing. Yeah. So, but still, I, it was a, a big change for me. And then I did a photo shoot in my underwear and that sort of, oh. that sort of changed things because most of the lingerie bloggers are, you know, under 30. Yeah. And I feel old when I look at a lingerie blog. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but there are, but there really is a diverse group of people out there blogging yeah. about lingerie. And uh, one of them, one of these bloggers talked me into doing a lingerie photo shoot. Um, and four of us did it. And it was amazing. It was probably the best thing I could have ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because yeah. it is shattering a stereotype because I think that you tend to, you know, I'm sure like the lingerie, you know, if you went into a fancy lingerie store, there's an assumption that when a woman reaches a certain age that all of a sudden she's wearing these, like, granny panties. They're called granny panties for a reason because there's a stereotype there. Yes. And the bra that matches with it, you know, just like when I go in as a mom toting my kids, they don't assume I'm wearing, like, fine lingerie, you know. Yeah. It's like utilitarian sports bra <laughs> kind of is the uni- uniform assumed there. So it's, it's true. It's very interesting to hear you say, you know, like in terms of ageism, it's more the narrative doesn't speak to you. And yeah, and but you can get past that. It's really easy to get past that. And, you know, there are like plenty of small lingerie stores that, you know, want to have you in there and will help you out. You just have to know where to shop, too. And right. you have to also look at all the other brands out there. Um, realize that, you know, you might not be able to go to the mall to buy a bra. And that's OK, because there's plenty of other places. Yeah. And I think that's huge for a lot of people because, you know, I grew up in a small town where it's like you, if you want to buy something, you go to the mall yeah. and there's a very limited store selection and right. that's it. And now things are changing and I go back home and I see people wearing really cute, cool stuff because of the internet because now mm-hmm. they can buy, you know, fashionable choices from anywhere. And, and so it's really great to have those, those resources. Um, okay. So the bra zone. Right. Let's talk about the bra zone. The zone, you have to have a zone because you're really never one size. And that's the right. big myth that women are hung up on. Like we call ourselves by our cup size. Mm-hmm. We say we're a B cup, a C cup, or a D cup. But, you know, cups are meaningless unless you attach them to a band size. Basically, a, you know, breast cup volume is measured across the band. So uh, a 30F cup is equivalent to a 40A cup. Because as you're so moving So I could up, call myself an F. Yes, if you want to do... a very wide it, band size. Yes. <laughs> well, no, in a very small band size. Because okay, if you go down okay. the band, you increase the cup. Okay. Which is why... It's called sister sizing, which is why you might wear... If you wear, have a small band size and a small cup size, then you pretty much have no, not a well, very big zone. You could... Well, no, you still have an, a, a zone because you... <laughs> Every bra brand has different, so different. Fits standards, right? It's infuriating. Some add like four inches to your underbust measurement, and others don't add any. Infuriating. Yeah, it's infuriating. Why is there no like common? 
Well, it's sizing. Like any, well, first of all, you can't. It's quality too. Think about it. Like right. some bras are, are made the of fabrics, hundreds of. Uh, you know, they're made of, with wires and hooks and everything else. And then some bras are made with virtually, you know, nothing, nothing. to them. Um, there are some bras that are, you know, the contour bras or the cups that are made on a mold that look like they already have the boobs in them. Mm-hmm. Completely different and are going to hold you up differently than a seamed cup bra because like the more seams you have, generally the most support you're going to get. So you're going to have a different sizing on that. So, and then the styles are going to fit you differently. So you might wear... Uh, in a, a strapless and a demi, you might wear a different cup size and a different band size than you would in a plunge or a contour bra. Mm-hmm. So that's your bra zone. It's like all of these different sizes across brands, but also across styles. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you might have a different bra that you're wearing, ha- you know, for a week during the month, too. I mean, you know, yeah. we have period panties. I don't understand why we just don't. <laughs> right. I mean, because you stretch out your bras. They're made of stretchy it, yeah. fabrics. Why not have a bigger cup size or a looser band during those times, yeah. you know? So it, that's why it's called a zone, because you have to get away from calling yourself a cup size yeah. and think of cup as being attached to a band size instead. And then you can fool around what's called sister sizing. Again, like when I was talking about that 30F, well, that's equivalent to a 32E and then a 34D and a 36C. Right. So you can go up and down bands, but you have to change your cups. So that's Which is important. so smart because, you know, I'm, I'm sure every woman has been there where they're trying on a bra and they're like, oh, just, you know, like the the band's a little tight or it's a little loose, but like the cup size feels right or, you know, the cup size is off or the band is right. And, and to know that there's not just one option right. that you get measured at that's like your bra size, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's why a good bra fitter can look at you and know your size and also... It's a little a- creepy. Yeah, but creepy. yeah, but they've seen enough boobs. But impressive. Yeah, very <laughs> impressive. Because it's not only the size of your breasts. The, it's like mm-hmm. where they're placed. They could be far right. apart. They could be close together. They could be high up. They could be lower. They're basically moving targets on your chest, right? Yeah. So they they have they to be experts. Keep moving. Yeah, they keep moving the rest of your <sighs> life. The struggle is real. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> Uh, it is it's very real. <laughs> but the thing about having a good bra fitter, too, is a good bra fitter knows all the brands. And that's yeah. what I tried to do in the book is to let you know that there are all these brands out there. There isn't just one brand. And there are brands that specialize. They specialize in plus size. They specialize in small cups and petites. Yeah. They specialize in vintage looks. They specialize in boudoir, super sexy Anything looks. Anything you yeah, want. <laughs> actually, they specialize in sports bras. They specialize well, there you go. <laughs> nursing bras. Yes. So, well, the, the pump station in Santa Monica is... Yeah. Great place. Amazing place. It's in the book. I don't know what I would have done without them and looking, because this mom was not used to having to accommodate yeah. anything. Um, I I feel like I love, I love this idea of the bra zone, especially because there's so much stigma that women play, you know, it's like your jean size. It's like you, women will stuff themselves into mm-hmm. that 27 just to say they're in the 27. It will look a hot mess everywhere else. Yeah. But they'll do it just to yeah. do it. And I feel like it's the same with the bra size, whether it's because, and, and it's so funny with, with bras because every woman's different. And I think it's from like the narrative you've had during your life, whether yeah. you want bigger breasts or you want smaller breasts or, you know, nobody seems to be happy with the two that they're given. Right. And so there's this, like, notion of, like, oh, I don't want to be that size, or I want, you know, it's, 
So having well, this zone opens it up a little bit to be like, it's not about the size, it's about the fit. It's exactly it. It's about the fit and what's comfortable on you. And, you know, some people don't like to have a really tight band. And that might be how a fitter fits you. But if, you know, if you're not going to wear that bra, then don't buy it. But also, yeah. on the other hand, you have to remember that 80% of the support comes from the band. Which I did not know. Yeah. It's like I a always bridge. assumed the straps did it. Uh-uh. But apparently not. That's why when you get a strapless bra, you want to really focus on the band. And, well, because that's yeah. the only thing you got. Yeah, yeah. So that's really important. And also the shape of the cups, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's very important to remember where structurally how a bra is made and how, yeah, you know, they're very, very complex uh, items to uh, sew and manufacture. Just think every single thing has to be put together by hand. So it's not like this cheap little thing. Like if you see a twelve ninety five bra yeah you can buy it if you want just like you buy you know cheap shoes to wear for a few weeks or wear with a couple outfits but you know you're going to get what you pay for if you invest a little bit more and it's okay to have in your wardrobe you know like in your shoe wardrobe you have different you know levels of quality of shoes right why not but you don't expect that that you know 12.95 bra is going to last forever it's not going to be your everyday workhorse and now no. it isn't and especially <laughs> yeah. if you throw it in the dryer it'll be oh, dead yeah. it's so funny i was actually talking with a girlfriend of mine about about washing clothes and 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 whatnot and so it was interesting when i was reading that when you were saying don't put them in the dryer i don't i don't ever put mine in the dryer but i do throw mine in the washing machine but you put them in a lingerie in a mesh bag, bag. yeah yes, i put good. them in a mesh bag I gentle feel like cycle then I, yeah i put them on gentle or delicate or whatever yeah. so i feel like i'm at least like yeah somewhat caring for them yeah i just <laughs> i discovered these no rinse uh lingerie washes that you just put in uh, uh no rinse no rinse yeah and they're they smell beautiful they have they're they make your lingerie smell great i love huh. it it's like 10 minutes in the sink i'm done it's a lot easier to me than actually putting them in, in oh, see that I can, in I'm, I'm, I'm a path of least resistance kind of girl so i that's, can, i like I just it. have to stick it in there for 10 minutes and we're good yeah that's get it. A rinsing and, uh. no, no no it's easy it's in the book i talk about it in the book lots of things in the book yeah um okay let's talk about some some bigger bra things that uh that you allude to a little bit in the book, but I kind of want to elaborate on because I think they're just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like this uh, negative bra talk, right? Oh, yeah. Bras yeah. get a bad rap. They do. They do. Oh, like, Burn you know. them, free them, free yeah. the ladies. Like, yeah. it's, you know, and, and you lived through the time in which it was like, burn the bras. They're oppressing our... And actually, womanhood. nobody ever actually burned a bra, which is funny because they didn't get really? the yeah. Oh, because when they were going to do it at the uh, Miss America, they were throwing like makeup and all sorts of things, That's but they forgot to get their burn license, so they just threw the bras in the trash can. They didn't actually, so there were actually no recorded bra burnings ever. That's. I know. It's like a myth. Another myth. devastating. I know. Very devastating. But can you imagine if you did light one of these suckers on fire, what kind of like pollution it would cause? I can't imagine it would be a good thing. (laughs) I mean, think of all the foam and the elastic and and the the wires. Uh, I don't think you'd want to be around it. Probably a good good, thing they didn't burn. Yeah, not a good concoction. Uh, Why do you think we have created this like negativity towards bras being this like oppressive thing for women when really they're 
Oh, well, they're the actually they're, they are the opposite. They're liberating. I mean, they allow us to go running. They allow us to like run upstairs, run for the bus. I mean, all of these things that we didn't have before, and they've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, they found that like six hundred year old bra that looks pretty much like anything you could buy today in a store. Um, I you know I think it's something like. First of all, I think the wires is an interesting issue because people don't understand that wires, they often complain about, I can't wait to take the bra off. It's a wired bra they're talking about. They talk about wires poking them. Well, they don't really understand that wires come in all different shapes. They can be really long. They can be shorter. So if you have a short torso, you don't want a bra with long wires on it. They are going to dig into your armpit armpit. and you are going to be uncomfortable. So I think a lot of it is, you know, first of all, not really thinking about bras as being like comfy and I mm-hmm. want to buy something comfortable and beautiful, but it's like also, you know, thinking of it like throwing it off at the end of the day is because you're not really wearing something that you really like. And when you think about throwing it off, well, that's doing more harm to your bra because again, it's made out of elastic. And if you take it off and throw it somewhere and you don't put it away nicely and store it, you're doing damage to your bra and it's not going to fit you as well. Mm -hmm. So I think we complain a lot about it. And then there's another part of it too, is that we see that it's underneath and we pretend and really we're just pretending We can say nobody sees it. So mm-hmm. I don't have to get a new one because nobody's going to see it. I'm not, you know, like my shoes they're going to see, right? Yeah. But they're not going to see my bra. But the funny part is, is if you're wearing a bad bra, everybody sees it. Yeah. You're hunched over. You're like feeling uncomfortable all day. You're tugging at the sides. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees how miserable you are. And the clothes you just bought that you spent all that money on? No. So we have this like mythology around this. And we also talk about it. Somebody must have, you know, some man must have invented the bra because it's like so horrible. But over 50% of all the bra patents are held by women. And bras are way different than they were 20 years ago. We don't Mm -hmm. realize that Lycra and, you know, lighter weight materials. And now there's the new spacer bra, which is more breathable. There's all of these new materials out there and new ways of constructing that they're doing. They're coming up with new underwires all the time. So there's all this innovation going on in the lingerie industry. We're not keeping up with it. We act like, you know, it's like the the bra our grandmothers wore. And it it isn't. Let's face it. It's not the same. It's not. No. My bras are amazing <laughs> i i mean i buy gorgeous gorgeous bras and, and they're basically the same size i wore in high school i've come full circle but yeah. they rock they're gorgeous that's fantastic yeah speaking of research or uh you know all the innovation happening there's a lot of innovation when it comes to the actual bras but a real lack of research when it comes to women's breasts yes Which is one thing that, you know, I know you've spoken out about, which is, you know, we spend all this money exploiting the sexuality of breasts and bras and lingerie and no money actually studying, you know, the changes that women's breasts go through, Mm -hmm. breast cancer, like all of these things on breast health and, and what is, what causes sagging, what doesn't cause sagging, all of this stuff. And it's not even really adequately researched by anybody. No, and I think that, you know, one of the things I've seen, too, is especially in the bra industry, talking about young girls getting breasts at a younger age and ha- getting bigger breasts at a younger age. And we Going through puberty so yeah, soon. Yeah, right. And, you know, they can be as young as seven years old now. Which is... Yeah. But, you know, again, it, there's this huge, you know, gap in information on why is that and is mm-hmm. it... And there are men who are getting breasts now. 
I mean, that's another issue. And people talk about, you know, what is it in, you know, the environment? Is it all of, you know, the estrogen mimicking chemicals out there? Or is it not? Food supply. Nobody knows because the research isn't there. Yeah. So, you know, there can, so that also bothers me a bit because people like make up reasons why it might be happening, but nobody knows. And, you know, and like that whole idea that 85% of women are wearing the wrong size bra, which is based on some idiotic survey. It's like 100% of women are in the wrong size bra because every brand is different. So why are we even saying that to women? It's just making them feel stupid. Yeah. And frustrated. Yeah, and frustrated. (laughs) Overwhelmed. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So it's like, no, this isn't rocket science. You can figure it out for yourself. There's, you know, yeah, there's a lot of problems with the industry and sizing and standardization, but you can figure it out for yourself. You can find a bra that fits you and you like the way it fits you. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, you mentioned in the book, it's like finding a pair of jeans. Just because it's your size and it fits doesn't mean it's a good-looking pair of jeans for your rear end. Well, it's also the same with the shoes. Yeah. I mean, there are brands of shoes that I cannot wear. Like, you know, they give me, like... You just don't like the way they feel. Or they... But do I need someone to tell me that, that they don't fit? No. No. You can tell it yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I try them on. I walk across, you know, I walk six feet. I walk back and I go, eh. I don't like the way they look like yeah. we don't put on our shirts when we buy bras either over our, and we, then we get freaked out we get home we go "Ooh, i don't like the way this looks right because you it yeah. feels amazing it looks amazing then you put on a shirt and you're like "Ooh, Ooh. that's not yeah. good you know i've had fitters say this bra fits you great and then i put a shirt over it and i'm like i don't like what you it do does like to my boobs things, like they're going this way like what yeah. yeah i've been there i'm like what is what is happening yeah i can't yeah you know what you know with your yeah. body and that's why you have to trust your body on what you know when you go in and find a bra. Yeah. Well, and I think every woman's preferences are different. Yes. You know, I think a yeah. lot of times, you know, a woman that has a very small bust, like I'll go into, you know, the typical, like the Victoria's Secret or like the, you know, yeah. typical stores at the mall. And they assume that you want like massive push-ups. And I'm yeah. like, I just don't, you know, I've, I've had none all my life. I've I'm used to the way that feels and looks like I don't need all this stuff, but it's like they still push it on you because that's like, oh, well, she has a small breast. She must want them bigger and pushed up and ginormous. And you're like, you get the bra and you're like, where? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. There's so much fabric in here. But that's what the bra industry has been really good at because now you will find brands that understand that. Mm -hmm. And they are totally dedicated to petite bra sizes that are for adult women that are really pretty that are non-padded yeah. because they know that sometimes you don't want that it don't look like your first like little yeah. <laughs> bra and, that you get when and you're you might <laughs> not even know about these brands uh, right. but they exist and they're out there and they're catering to those needs i mean that's the great thing about the internet you, whatever your little niche is mm-hmm. you know if you like to wear bullet bras you can find those now and all sorts of sizes like madonna style yeah you can Amazing. find you can find you can market for anything is the market for everything <laughs> everything you know if you don't want any padding and no wires and you just want to pull something over your head you can find that too i mean there's all yeah. sorts of different things i feel like that alone is like worth getting this book because you have the you know in the appendix there's right. like an amazing i mean exhaustive listing of bra and b- blogger resources everything from like bra reviews to young girls full figure maternity petite and all the brands that are best for, I mean, mm. everything across the book, eco-friendly, you know, anything yeah. you could imagine. And it's all organized out. And it's fantastic. Like, all these resources you didn't even know existed. Lingerie bloggers are great 
for the yeah. industry because they can let you know you can get a real body trying on. Right. You can pick out somebody who has your same size and you can see all the bras that they try on and find out what they like and don't like and, and learn about their expertise. I mean, it's a really yeah. good way to like go shopping. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Let's talk a little bit. I, I just, just because I find it interesting, the uh, sports bra. Yes. Apparently originated from jock straps. Yes. Um, the three women who ended up designing the first modern day sports bra. I mean, mm-hmm. women were wearing bras in sports before that, but they were never wearing a sports bra. Which Wait. I have to say, I think you said in here that uh, the, an insane percentage of women do not wear sports bras when they're exercising. No, they don't. Yeah. Have you ever gone to a marathon? I mean, I've stood in a, the LA marathon and watched women go by and I'm like, that must hurt. That's when I first bought my first, like, legit sports bra was when I was training for a marathon. Because you can't, I mean, and I don't even have a whole lot to support, but, like... Doesn't matter. It's the way the breast moves in this weird... They they move in this weird figure eight. They don't go up and down. They go all over the place. So, um, these women who were athletes, and um, they, you know, one of them decided to, you know, try a mock-up by sewing together two jock straps. And I think it was her husband's, hopefully, very clean jock straps. Yes, a laundered. (laughs) But she (laughs) in that laundry room that day when she's like, hmm... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe that would work. But I mean, think of the idea. Men weren't exercising without support. So why no. are women, you know, not? And, and now they've actually, sh- there was a recent study that showed that young girls are not participating in sports because they're uncomfortable about their breast development mm. and how, what to do with that. So I think it's really important, especially, you know, now where parents are going back to school and shopping, that they really need to invest in sports bras for their daughters so their daughters yeah. feel more comfortable in that. Um and, you know, I mean, Title IX changed everything for women, obviously. So that's when all of this happened. But now sports bras are, I mean, th- this is a huge industry. You oh, can, yeah. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're gorgeous. And I, yeah. why wouldn't you wear them? I mean, the, why I dedicated a separate chapter to sports bras is because it's just a different animal. Yeah. It's just something different. Like, you would Completely not different. you would not run in a pair of high heels. No. So no, you would you know, not. Why would you run in your regular bra? Plus, you're going to destroy your regular bra doing that. So, well, and apparently, people need the education because I just I would never go work out without a sports bra on. I just yeah. wouldn't. But apparently, a lot of women. I mean, yeah. it just baffles me that women would work out just in their regular. Like I envision someone in like an underwire bra exercising. Yeah, it just feels it uh, it sounds be uncomfortable. Yeah. It does, but like I mean, wearing your jeans to the gym. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah, but you know, Marilyn Monroe used to wear her jeans to the gym. Well, that's this what is their dungarees were the big thing in the gym, Perhaps. and she used to has a little <laughs> halter top. Um, because I know this because there's a photo of her in my gym, and she was wearing like a little, little soft halter top and dungarees. Because that's like, what we all wear to the gym. Yeah. Oh my god, she looked great. <laughs> Lifting up those weights. It's like going to a fancy gym in West Hollywood. Yeah. Where their women put on their makeup in between their sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your future. My future. Now, you have alluded to that this Breast Life Guide to is the first in a series. Right. Right. Uh, Not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. 
how's that series coming along? What's yeah. coming next? Yeah, well, what I'd like to do next, um, which is something that I think is really important and needs to be done, I would like to write a guide, the next guide to be um, the Breast Life Guide to Post-Surgery Lingerie, Loungewear, and Swimwear for women um, post-mastectomy, but also mm-hmm. post-cosmetic surgery. Uh, there are a lot of new brands out there, and that is another market that's changing. Basically, post-mastectomy bras were just bras where you would put like a foam cup in them and but now women are having reconstruction so they need a whole different kind of or less support actually so there are brands now coming out and and making bras for that also it used to be thought of as a medical device and so there's insurance reimbursement issues around it so it's like getting women to understand well you know what's the difference between reconstruction and and using a breast form so you know maybe if you have reconstruction nobody's going to reimburse your bras there you know you're still buying the same bras so it's like getting women to understand that and also there's just these newer smaller companies that are caring catering to this demographic which i think is really important that's amazing yeah and younger women you know are usually getting the reconstruction whereas the older women aren't as much Mm. because they're basically going "Eh," you know uh, for for a lot of them they don't want to go through an an extra ordeal and it's definitely not a boob job to go through that so it can be (laughs) multiple surgeries so i think it would be important to do that that would be like the next book I would love to do. Yeah. And um, and then I would actually like to do a book on first bras because there's such a wide range of young girls from seven to 17. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't get your full boob growth until maybe you're pregnant, by right. the way. So, you know, a lot of girls go away to college and they come back and people go, oh, you got a boob job? And they're like, no, yeah. I was a late bloomer. So, you know, your first bra might be, you know, something really sweet. Or it might not be, you know, you might want something more padded. So I'd like to do something that really, you know, goes for the range and also talks about the changes that you go through, because um, I don't think there's enough understanding of that. You know, the everybody develops differently. And there's still a lot of stereotypes over if you develop Mm -hmm. too soon, if you're too big, too quickly, um, if you develop really late and getting teased and bullied. And I think, you know, there needs to be some discussion about that as well. I agree. I think that's a huge huge you know huge thing and I think a lot of young women that's how their you know personal narrative with their body begins is during Mm -hmm. this like awkward puberty phase where it's happening at such different rates and even more so now you know and when I was growing up like 13 was like kind of just when it happened and I'm sure there was a range there but for the most part it was like 12 to 13 and now the range is like 6 to 22 you can be having changes and that's you know, that's a huge, huge span of time yeah. to not really know what is happening to your body and for women to be able to navigate through that and their parents to be able to navigate exactly. through that. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think a lot of women don't have a mother who can adequately help them through that transition, whether it's because they don't have the same physical anatomy as their daughter and they're like I don't know how to help you kind of probably how your mom felt when she was like I don't know like I don't know where she gets these from but I don't know what to do for her yeah you know which then makes you feel like something's wrong that you have these breasts and it's not the case or you know vice versa where it's like oh you don't really need a bra honey you don't have anything there but you do because you, all your friends are you know and you're you should feel like you can still wear a bra even if you have 
a double A, triple A, because it might just stay that way forever, you know? And Yeah. Or just, you know, the bralettes and the sports bras and all of that. It's just like good to have and get used to. I mean, going through development, it can take, you know, a short time. It can take years, but it can also be very painful. I mean, mm-hmm. as you know, going through, you know, nursing and maternity. It's not. Yeah. Not a cup of tea. Yeah. And then, and I, I hate to tell you this, but on the other end, on menopause, you go, it's like reverse puberty. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the good part is getting through it. They have negative it. A's. <laughs> no. no, I meant all the changes. Uh, all okay. the changes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, reverse yeah. puberty. It's not. No, I meant reverse puberty. And, you know, when you go into puberty, you're concerned what everybody thinks about okay. you. If you come out of puberty, you just don't care. Right. You're right. done. You're done. It's like, take me like I am. I write books about boobs. Well, but you have a very healthy attitude towards menopause and age. And I think that that is really refreshing, but also not the norm. Uh, I think a lot of women really struggle with that change and that, you know, going through menopause and aging and their bodies changing. I think they struggle um before in anticipation of it um recently i was in new york and i was in bloomingdale's um probably shouldn't tell the story but it's kind of funny but um I, I was walking into the <laughs> um uh the makeup department and mm-hmm. i was with my friend who was about 30 and this woman immediately grabbed me and she goes oh we have the most amazing cream for you it'll take 20 years off of you and i looked at her and i said really you really think that's gonna help me you know i want to have like 20 years off my joints i don't like not my face that's not like the most yeah yeah (laughs) you know fix my hip okay like you know give me a cream for that i don't really care about the wrinkles but just that i was pulled aside and told i could you know remove 20 years off my face I'm like, I don't, it's like all this ageless, age-defying, you know, and we talk Mm -hmm. about being ageless all the time, and I I don't know, I'm really trying really hard to be like the only woman in Hollywood who looks her age, so I think that I'm working on that. Well, I think it's amazingly refreshing, because I've always (laughs) told my friends, I'm like, I'm going to get old and wrinkled the way God intended, and... Uh, well, yeah, but it's really hard because in this day and age, there's so much pressure to not look your age. Once you get, you know, it's like when yeah. you're young, you need to look older mm-hmm. and more mature. And then you hit this point where it's like, okay, no, no don't look your age. You got to yeah. look younger. And it's super offensive if yeah. you look your age or if you, you know, if you show any sign of aging, but it's feels like it's a, a female thing only whereas like men can look more distinguished with time right you know salt and pepper hair is like it can be sexy but for a woman when she gets a gray hair it's like (gasps) oh my gosh (laughs) well yeah and i think that that's one of the reasons i think it's important to see you know older women not necessarily in lingerie but seeing them with their own yeah that is a really great uh i think it was american apparel yes had a great yes yeah they had you know and but there's also been a few other uh brands that have done it too i mean it's just a sprinkling here and there and it's great to see every once in a while and but i think you know maybe older women should just go out and do their own boudoir shoots is what i think Mm -hmm. because you know they may not want the internet to see them naked um i mean that was like the big fear like my son called me up and he goes mom mom what are you doing (laughs) on facebook in your underwear okay that was the text from my son my 24 year old son and i was like oh okay that's different so maybe instead you want to do your own boudoir (laughs) shoots 
and it's a know, fun parenting moment yeah. <laughs> when you're 20 it was year old special <laughs> How have your kids taken? I mean, you know, you obviously you were a stay-at-home mom for all of their lives for the most part. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, guys, I'm writing a book all about my boobs. Yeah. And I'm going to write another one. And I'm going to have a website and I'm going to go all over national television and just talk about boobs boobs and bras and... I think that they're they're actually very cool with it. My daughter uh, is very, very cool with it because... uh, I spend a lot of money on her bras. Okay. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah, so she gets that. <laughs> She's the only girl. But the boys are really interesting because um, my youngest son used to think it was great to carry around my business cards and hand them out to all of his female young friends. You know, I think he kind of was using that maybe as a little bit of a pickup pick thing. Pick yeah. thing. Let my mom come... Yeah, Come tell you about your bra. <laughs> yeah, like like when he was, you know, you know, seventeen. Not now, but uh, I think they're really proud of me, and they um, they also love the fact that I'm pursuing my passion. I'm a writer, and you know, I've done other writing, and, and I do stand up comedy. I do a yeah. lot of different things, and they love the fact that you know, life isn't over for me. It's just beginning, and that's the way I look at it. I mean, I'm done with raising kids. You know, I'm done yeah. with all of that stuff, and now I can do things for myself and things. That interests me and uh, I think they love it I hope that it's an inspiration to them so that they know that they can change careers and continue to do what they love with you know for the rest of their lives like your life isn't over at 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 you know you can just keep doing whatever you want a lot of the most famous authors didn't even get recognized until after 50 so I think it's a good thing I I love it I think it's incredibly inspirational as long as you don't post photos of yourself in lingerie right. and your kids' Facebook yeah. pages. I yeah. could see how that would be a little bit uncomfortable yeah. as, as a, a young man to have your mom all over the internet in yeah. lingerie. Yeah, but his girlfriend likes me. Well, that's all that matters. <laughs> I can talk to her about bras. <laughs> I love it. Well, Elizabeth, it was great speaking with you. Is there anything else you want to share with us about this book, about yourself, about anything you have coming up? Uh, well, just uh, check out the book and check out my website. On the website, I have a store where I have recommendations. Um, they get the Breast Life Seal of Approval oh, of certain it. bras. Uh, there's lots of resources on there. I obviously have a blog where I share all sorts of information. So I would say definitely go to thebreastlife.com mm-hmm. and uh, see more on there. You know, that you'll find things, recommendations for bras, everything from nursing bras to post-mastectomy bras and also swimwear and clothing that fits your bust because that's another new thing that's happening now they have Mm. full bust clothing for women who based on you know a ratio of bust to waist and hip so you can find that so that's also available a lot of really cool stuff going on for women when it comes to their bodies and different bodies yeah love it and let us know again where we can find you on social media uh at thebreastlife.com twitter tumblr instagram pinterest and my website (laughs) i'm everywhere everywhere at the breast life i love it thank you guys so much for tuning in um Go get this book if you have a bra, need a bra, want a bra. It's a really quick read, and it's actually jam-packed full of, like, amazing information. Like, 
literally will have it with me and hide in the fitting room and be like, what am I? Oh, that's not right. You know, even just the different type. My, I think my favorite section was the different types of bras. Yeah. Styles. And pros and cons and like what bodies they may work for and what they don't. Because you go into the store and you're like, whoa, body, so many choices. And you're like, oh, that one's cute. That one's cute. And the ones that are cute might not do anything for you. Yeah. So it's, it's and the, really and the book useful. is for everybody, for everybody from your first to your 50th bra, but also for trans women, for mm-hmm. men who wear bras, um, whether they have gynecomastia, which is, um, you know, a male breast growth or, you know, if they're crossdressers. I mean, there's all these people who are out there looking for bras. So mm-hmm. why shouldn't they have them? Yeah, they should have them. And yeah. they should have this book, The Breast Life Guide to the Bra Zone. Go out and get it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Elizabeth, for being Thank here. You. you can find me, Lindsay Miller, on social media at Rockin' Mama Life. And make sure you go to Book Circle online. Rate, comment, subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Let us know what you think. Thank you so much, guys. That's all we got. <laughs>